We want you, Shane. <laughs> Joey, there's no living with with a killing. There's no going back from that. Right and wrong, it's a brand. A brand sticks. There's no going back. Now you run on home to your mother and tell her. Tell her everything's all right. And there aren't any more guns in the valley. and your father and grow up to be strong and straight. Did you just say strong and straight? <laughs> he did. <laughs> Hold on. Be quiet. That's funny. That's great. Hey, guys. Let's, uh, this is uh, Bill Farrell. And Shane Johnson. Can we? Um, yes. How do you? How do you? Oh, I guess we just got to go like that, huh? Yeah. But you know what? Look, we got the. Uh, there we go. You know what? Uh, Hold on. I'm 34, and I've refused to watch that movie for 33 years, so that's the first time <laughs> I've actually seen that clip. Really? It was named after that movie. So, hey, guys, this is uh, Bill Farrell, Rock Bottom to Recover. This is the special edition. It's called Shane's Back. Shane's Back. So um, that's why we played that clip. I don't know if you guys, anybody that knows the movie uh, Shane, um, that's a famous clip. Come back, Shane. Come back. And Shane's never seen that movie. No, I was actually a little thrown off when he said, uh, make sure you grow up. What did he say? <laughs> good and straight. <laughs> good and straight. Make sure you grow up good and straight. Let me see yeah. if I can just. Um, I don't think it zooms out. I think that's. Once you said it. Live. Yeah. All right. Let me see if I can move it back. Give us a little bit more Don't space. throw it off the table. No, 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 no. So there we go. I think so, that's pretty good. Yes. Uh, I took a. Uh, sabbatical, a mental health sabbatical, a spiritual sabbatical. Uh, not everything is fixed in my head, but <laughs> I, I, I was hurting and I, I needed to take a break. And I wasn't uh, open or honest. Oh, I'm not honest. I, I just wasn't open. I closed all the doors. 
Which so uh, to just kind of give people kind of uh, if you if you're tuning in, this is Rock Bottom to Recovery podcast. Um, this was um, uh, an idea that Shane had. Uh, probably back in, what was it, was it, say, 2016, maybe? Yeah, yeah. And so, and then it came into fruition in 2017. Um, and the idea behind the chain is, tell them, creating a platform for what? Yeah, I wanted to create a pa- platform for uh, all pathways to recovery. Um, and part of the inspiration, um, I'm going to try to stay in the camera, but part of the inspiration behind it was, uh, well, the, the podcast inspiration came from a friend, Brian Edmond, out in New York, who created uh, the Sobriety Network. And um, he is huge on, on self-help, and, and his foundation, I don't want to say it started in AA, but it probably did start in AA, but he had expanded uh, beyond that. He had expanded into um, self-help seminars, books, reading. Um, he, he adventured into many different ways. And the other pathway is that uh, I Bill, who is also in recovery, um, uh, almost 30 years or 30 years it's 30 years, 30 uh, years. september uh, so 30, 30 years. years and it wasn't done through alcoholics anonymous which i that was my path for five years and in alcoholics anonymous basically you know whether they want to admit it or not and i'm not knocking it it's they say this is the only way or you know or you'll die in that aspect and i get that what that message is but it can be very harming to someone that might need therapy or someone that might, you know, find the Christian pathway or someone that might find smart recovery. Um, And so I wanted to create a podcast with um, many platforms and open discussion on many different ideas of recovery. And I think we did that, right? Yeah. In 2017, I think we were onto something uh, pretty good. And, um, you know, <clears throat> we were working out the um, the kinks, and um, I think in 2017. So, like, if you're um, listening to this podcast on iTunes and or Podbean, because we're on both, um, you, we do stream live, Facebook Live right now. What is Podbean? Podbean is just uh, a place where podcasts go and they sprout. That just came to me, and that was genius. Podbean, yeah. get it? They sprouted. Podcast sprout. Tell yeah, them, was that it good? Could have been a coffee that was funny, bean, right? And they could be going there to get ground up, or um, you know, caffeinated, alive, yeah. rejuvenated. Yeah. I don't know. I'm yeah. just making it up Jump as I go. <clears throat> so, just in case, like if somebody was listening on iTunes or um, through Podbean, um, and they're saying, "What's he talking about?" A camera, because we are live. Um, on Facebook right now. We stream live when we record this. Uh, but I think um, 2018, I, we've already started to clean up um, the Facebook page. Um, we're cleaning up the iTunes page, the Podbean uh, page, so it's much more um, friendly to people coming on. So they can actually look at the episodes and we can put in some uh, you know, information about each podcast because we really covered a lot in 2017. We had yeah. Adam Jasinski from Big Brother. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, we had uh, Sarah Egan, yeah. who Shannon. called it Shannon. Shannon, Shannon I'm sorry, yeah. um, Shannon Egan, who uh, it was great, like talking about her Mormon upbringing um, and how AA didn't work for her because yeah. it reminded stigmatizing. It's stigmatizing and, because it, um, it came from she came from a heavily uh, Mormon background, which is to her, and I don't want to put words in her, but but it, from the way she described it was cult like. Yeah. And so she did, uh, AA she did felt uh, AA felt to her like a cult, and that's her opinion. And um, 
but she has explored new ways of recovery, and she actually does a lot of recovery work for um, people out in Sudan. She still travels yeah. out there, and she put groups together, and, and it's just... She's, she's doing big things. Yeah, amazing. Which is journey. awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we had Senator Keenan on. We had um, Julie uh, McDonough from the Edwin and Martin House. Mm. And, I, and, and the reason I'm saying all this is because I literally just started listening to the podcast, and I was like, wow, these are actually really good. There's a lot of back and forth. And, and I realized that you and I had a really good mix going. Um, two mixed masters um, going I back and forth. I missed the Senator Keenan one. That was awesome. Yeah. I, I missed that. I would think I was in work in like a different town, but. Didn't uh, you call in? You did call yeah, in. Yeah, I called you? in. Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Was he was cool. good too. And I think it was his first podcast. And, yeah. Um, and so that was really good. So, but I, we, we really had um, something good. And then. Um, you know, the summertime came and, you know, everybody's out doing their thing. So we weren't really up and rolling probably as much as I would like or I think you would like too. Um, yeah, I, I had also <coughs> gone to, I, I lost my best friend uh, That's right. June 16th. And uh, losing him, uh, even to this day, like, and I tell myself, oh, I should be over it. Like, it, it, it still comes in waves and, and I don't think, like, I ever really processed certain things. Uh, before that and and during that and then after that um, and uh, I I am now getting into therapy um, val- uh, Valentine's Day is my first therapy session. oh so you scheduled yeah yeah I, I that's that to me is self-care you know it's like is it's as important as brushing your teeth in the morning you know right. like and that to me I needed to do it like and I, I definitely need to do it because I can only go to what was happening was I was dumping it, dumping like all my pain on one person. And when I felt like they didn't, like they couldn't handle it anymore, I jumped to the next person. I jumped, and it was like I wasn't getting, not that they weren't good enough for it, I wasn't getting the clinical feedback that I needed. Um, and uh, I had been going, I had other stuff that was just like unraveling at the same time. Yeah. I was getting out of the treatment field, I was getting back into construction, and um, you know, they're not legal issues, but there was like some legal implications with the treatment field. And if anyone knows the, the Florida treatment field and the things that they've seen in the news, like understand that, like I, I, I don't know how to word it. I have to be careful with certain things, but yeah. like I, I was just in a very sick world, and I'm not trying to knock the Florida treatment field or the the treatment field. But in my personal opinion, it is about the bottom dollar. It's not about the recovery. And I got wrapped up in that. I, I've met hundreds of people, hundreds of people from the Florida treatment field. And at the end of the day, they all sell the same story. And it sounds great. And some of them can influence it even better. And they twit. At the end of the day, it comes down to do you have insurance or don't you? Can your family pay for it or can't they? And if not, well, maybe you should give a different call or maybe you should try something different because we can't help you. We've taken too many scholarships this month. And then you realize, like, they're not really taking many scholarships. Scholarships are a tax write-off. At, at the end of the day, they're reserving those beds for people that can financially build them up. And most of these treatment fields, they, the money they charge and the services they offer do not equal out. And then you see the treatment field owners wearing 
Gucci belts and and Louis Vuitton shoes, and they're they're driving a hundred thousand dollar Mercedes. Meanwhile, your kid is at an IOP in Florida in some Florida strip mall that is like hollowed out rooms and yeah. like trashy clinical things. And, and even the nicest facilities that I've seen, it comes down to the bottom dollar. And you know, it's it's. We had a Hobart Cares Coalition meeting last night, and that, and that came up. And some of these places are extremely, extremely expensive. And people are mortgaging, uh, taking out second mortgages. They're going um, into their savings. They're going into their savings. For a one-time. Because yeah. if, you, if you have $60,000 saved up, and I tell you to give me $35,000 for 30 days, because I'm, I'm guaranteeing your son's sobriety or your daughter's sobriety, you're putting $30,000 on red or black on a roulette table, and it's just – recovery is not a guarantee. Right. It is a crapshoot. And then how am I going to tell you what the statistics are? Oh, we have a 75% success rate. Well, to me, if I was using for 10 years and I got clean for three days, three days finally, like I'm going to meetings, and that those three days I get clean and I relapse, is that failure or is that success? Because 10 years, and then I finally get clean. To me, that is a success rate. So how can you sit there and measure that? Like, where do you, where where does the equation for that come into effect? But people sell you on these numbers. Oh, we got a 75% success yeah. rate. We got an 83% this, and 60% of the time it works all the time. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> none of that makes sense. But I'll tell you right now, like, you got... Every morning I get up, I put on Sports Center, and Sports Center has the same drug commercial. It, you know, if you have insurance, or it's some guy in a doctor suit, or some guy that's like I used to be in that, and it's all this hustle. It is a complete hustle, and they're hustling you out of your situation. Well, and I was involved with that. I was yeah. hustling, and I used the treatment field as my recovery. And I had, I had so much going on. And I had got wrapped up in so much that, like, I was falling apart, but I was hiding it well. Yeah. And I, I just want to Because say, you weren't working on your recovery. No, and, and I couldn't because I was literally working 19 hours a day on the phone. Yeah. And, and I just want to apologize to Debbie from Holbrook because she had texted me multiple times asking me if I was okay. And I, I ignored her. And Zach, I, I was hoping you were here. I ignored you, too. And I, I'm dead honest. I cut everyone off. I... Shut the door and everything. Um, he didn't answer my text. No, uh, and uh, and I called him, and his voicemail was full. <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure there were other people but trying I, to get in contact with you. I just immersed myself back into the construction. I'm I'm doing plumbing. I'm in yeah. school now, and um, I but don't uh, hold on because I I, I I can't stress this enough, Shane. And I and I. And you know what? And I'm sure I can speak for a lot of people. And I told you this when I finally was able to get in contact with you. At the end of the day, all everybody I think we're truly really worried about was your well-being. Uh, because we know um, that, you know, life is full of ups and downs. And when those downs come, I mean, a lot of people um, slip, relapse, whatever it is that you want to call it. Uh, and so obviously, I, I know a lot of people. I made a few phone calls and I said, is he okay? And uh, uh, yep, it's okay. And I said, that's it. I'm good. And so, so what we did ended up doing is we just continued. I wanted to move forward with the podcast, so that's what we did. And, and we had and some guest speakers. And yeah, and I didn't do a service to the podcast, creating the podcast, and then walking away from it. But I, 
I had no more to give. You know, I was like, it was like I was drawing from an empty bank account. So let's 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 talk about that because I think, you know, when if if you guys go back and you listen to our podcasts and stuff, yeah, I I just think like, and I'm not saying it because it was you and me. I, I'm listening to it and I'm like, wow, this is this is really really good. We're really beginning to cover a lot of information, and on you know on the surface of social media and everything, everybody looks like they're doing well. But that's not the case. That's yeah. not life. And so let's – the reason um, – like normally today, so we, we, we're going to run every other Wednesday. So today I just come in and, and usually with me and Zach will work on the podcast, cleaning it up and everything, really trying to maximize our audience. And, and really 2018, we're going to put this thing together and get up and rolling. And so <clears> – <throat> When I finally got in touch with you, I sent him a text. I'm like, and you know what's funny is like you just popped into my into my head because I had been listening to the podcast, and I'm like, I'm just gonna send him a text. So I sent you a quick little text. As soon as the fa- phone the phone rang immediately, and yeah. I was like, all right, yeah. And and I knew, I just knew eventually you would come back, but I knew like you you just had to, you were under so much stress, yeah, and you literally just had the, to pull away. The so stress let's... was affecting my recovery. Like <clears throat> I I I don't. It was affecting my recovery. It was affecting my relationship. It was affecting my fiance. It was and and by the way, I got engaged on Christmas. Yes, I want to say Christmas. Yeah, Christmas or Christmas Eve. <laughs> but I got engaged. So uh, and I was the one who asked. She didn't ask me. So um, but I <laughs> hi Jackie. So um, I got engaged. Um, and and that was part of like that was a a big step for me. But it, it was affecting everything in my life. Uh, I got to a point where the stress was overwhelming, the rumors were overwhelming, the people calling. I'm answering everyone's questions. I'm answering it because everyone's like wanting to know the information. And look, I'd love to get deeper into the information, but I have to. I have to respect others and respect myself and protect myself as well and protect others. Um, um, but everyone, it, it was like these rumor rumor wheels going around and around and around, and I'm trying to please everybody and it was creating a paranoia feeling in me um similar to the way it, it felt when I, I used to use cocaine yeah and i i'm swearing people are following me and people are gonna kick and and it's like, like you literally thought people I were beginning to yeah, follow because you, my right? stress was kicking up so much and my worry and my worry and my worry and i'm realizing that i'm addicted to my worry i i, I didn't realize it then but what i realized was that i was becoming addicted to my stress and becoming addicted to my worry and it had taken over every aspect of my life to the point where I'm like in the mirror checking the mirror checking the mirror and as I'm driving and I'm going upstairs and and I'm walking outside and and uh and one day my my fiance looked at me and she's like what are you worrying so much for like if I'm not she I was I was hurting her and not realizing it. And I'm fighting with her. Like, you don't understand. And what I realized at that point, I, I remember just praying that, that night. I don't remember what I prayed about, but I remember praying. And then the next day, that same feeling started creeping back. And I just said to myself, like, whatever happens, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't need to worry about it because it's not here right now. And, like, I realized that I was losing myself. And I, I did, I, you know, I, 
I'm not going to lie, like, I thought about drinking. I was like, man, maybe I should smoke weed. Maybe I should drink. Maybe I should just get away from this. Maybe I should just check out of AA. Like, I'm probably not going to go use heroin. Like, I'm having these inner dialogues, and I'm not going to lie. Even today, like, I don't think about it like that. But, like, my recovery is not as strong as it once was because I had, I had walked away from so much of it um, that I, I lost myself uh in the treatment field, I lost myself in worry. I lost myself. So, like, I'm now taking these steps to do self-care. And one of the self-cares I had to do was I had to shut it all down. I had to shut down trying to help others and telling myself that as long as I help others, I'm going to be okay. But the thing is, is you can't just help others and not help yourself right. because you're, gonna, you're not going to have anything to give. So let me ask you a couple of questions. So, um <clears throat> As you were stressing and the paranoia started to set in and everything. Um, and well, you actually did kind of say it because you weren't helping yourself. So you, you basically, you know, you're a prayerful person. You you talk to God a lot that, or whatever. That's my number one. Yeah. And so do you find that you stopped doing those things? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I So the other night, um, I so I, I pray. My main thing was always hitting my knees with prayer. Um there was a lot, even before the treatment field, there was a lot that went into just this spiral. Um, I had gone and I had gone through, I, I was in a three-year relationship, and I had gone through uh, a breakup that I felt was healthy, and, and it was healthy, but what had happened was that I never processed any of that, and I kind of just, I, I went like a bat out of hell from that, and then... I had dropped my sponsor. My sponsor was my sponsor for four years. Clinically, I could not be around him anymore. It was very unhealthy. And this might sound harsh, but like this is the, these are the things that uh, I did not process. And then I had gone through another harsh thing in my life, and then I got into the treatment field. And immediately, I'm like, I can use this treatment field as my recovery. And um, it it didn't help. You know, I, yeah. I it was like I was this dry drunk. 19 hours a day. I was a salesman in the treatment field. I wasn't someone in recovery. And um, I paid for it. You yeah. know, I, I paid for it with with everything that was in me mentally and spiritually. I, I was I was done by the time I was done. So would you say that, um, could you say, like, the fact that you were trying to help other people, maybe um, <clears throat> you didn't have to work on your own issues? Yeah. Could that, so that could be, so yeah. in other words... You know, oh, I'm doing, like you said, I'm doing all these things, so I don't really have to deal with the issues was, that are in me. But they built up like, and built up and built yeah, up. Yeah, I, I think I have calluses on my shoulder from patting myself <laughs> on the back. <laughs> we, we do that from you time know, to but time. Like, but the thing so. is, it's like I, I, I didn't, I didn't feel like myself. And even this, this is hard to to do. This is hard to do because I'm not a hundred percent there. You know, yeah. like I and uh, I'm here, but like I, I I'm. I don't want to say a shell of myself. That sounds so negative, but like it really took a lot out of me. And um, the other night, I, I, f I hit my knees for the first time in a year. I pray. I pray in my car. I pray when I'm walking. But there's something. But real quick, so just uh, just uh, we don't we're not gonna get all Christian on you. But real quick, what's prayer? It's just talking, correct? What, huh? Prayer. Yeah, just talking. It's just like talking. I, I hit my knees, and the thing to me is like, I believe in walking and praying i believe in sitting in your car and praying i believe in sitting on your couch and praying but for me the most personal moment in my entire recovery from day one was when i hit my knees there's something 
I can't, I feel grounded. I feel powerful. I feel like I could hide within that prayer and talk to God. And um, I did that for the first time in over a year the other night. And it was, I got up from my, my <laughs> it was Super Bowl Sunday. And I remember being upset. And I wasn't upset. I was upset about the loss, but I was more upset just because I was just like, what? My mind was just felt cluttered. My girlfriend, my fiance goes, um, you need to hit your knees tonight. So I hit, I hit my knees and uh, I'm in bed and she's like, you know, it's okay about the game. And I wasn't even really upset about the game. I don't know what I was upset about, but I looked at her and I go, you know, Jack, we had a great season. And she smiled, and I mean that. Like, uh, the season before, I was with my dad the entire time. This season, I think I watched every single game with her, and I was loving it because she's screaming, and she's like, F this person and F that person, <laughs> and I can't believe he just F and tackled him like that. And I'm like, all right, let, let me slip in a couple F words, you know. And, and um, But I, I, it was that gratitude came to me, and I honestly – I direct it right to the prayer. Prayer, I got up off my knees, and all of a sudden I was just grateful that I watched the entire season with my fiance. Yeah. Yeah. and That's uh, cool. Yeah. She has worse mouths during games than I do sometimes. Really? Interesting. Yeah, Jackie. Jackie, uh, <laughs> watch your language, woman. She, she'll record me because I jump out of my seat, and I'm yelling at my TV. <laughs> and Oh, man. If Wait, I could, I, I'm not going to lie. I doze off. I doze off. Uh during the Super well, there was Bowl, I woke to up see four minutes. Malcolm Butler got benched. Yeah. Well, I woke up four minutes left in the game, Ugh. and then all I heard from outside the bedroom was my boys, yeah, swearing their heads off, which they know I don't like. I don't like the swearing, uh, but um, you could you could hear stuff being thrown. <laughs> yeah. Are oh. you effing kidding me? Oh man. And I was like, you, oh boy. If Bill Belichick is listening, you don't bench your starting cornerback. It just you don't. I don't I don't care what anyone said. He had to have committed something completely egregious. Um but eventually I'm sure we'll find out, yeah, correct? Hey, just call me. All right. <laughs> but uh yeah, so I, I had gotten away from I had gotten away from my recovery and uh I was holding on to this thing like I was I was taking these jobs in recovery because and I'm like, oh, I'll just get another one. I was just, but what I was really chasing was a paycheck, and uh, and I was losing myself, and um, I couldn't do this anymore. I couldn't do the podcast anymore. I I, I couldn't do any of it anymore, and I was at a crossroads, and uh, I got with a great plumbing company. I'm in school now, and um, I'm doing things in school that I, I avoided my entire life, math. <laughs> Which you have to do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to do math, and and it's not a, as bad as you thought it was. No, yeah. no, I'm doing fractions right now, and and uh, we did calculus, and I was just like, wow, nice. like I can figure it out. You know, <laughs> I can read a tape measure now, and yeah. and well, you know, they make tape measures that actually tell you. That's exactly. what I started off with. Yeah. I started off with that tape measure, and you graduated. Neck, graduated to a fat max. Oh, yeah. oh man. <laughs> um, so, um, so I, I, you know. When you, when Zach actually texted me before you did, like weeks before, and uh, it was like, hey, bud, just, you know, wondering how you're doing, and I, I didn't get back to him. Like, I was just like, I can't answer this. And I don't know why I couldn't answer it, like, because I didn't know how I was doing. Yeah. And um, I got back into church, and I have, I, I call him my sponsor. I, you know, I, I've never called him to him my sponsor, but I consider him my sponsor. He's got 20 years in recovery. He goes to church. Um, 
and he helped me through the loss of my best friend, and he has helped me uh, in more ways than one. And so I start, I talk to him, I check in with him, not every single day, but yeah. I was just actually on the phone with him for like 40 minutes, and my I called him up. I'm like, dude, I'm reading the Bible, and uh, you know I have a question, and the question was like, you know, it was about like you know why hasn't God removed Satan completely if he's all powerful? And he goes. He goes, because if you, basically you broke it down to like, if you're given everything in life, if you're given life the way you want it, how are you going to be molded into the person that you become later on in life? And I was just like, I got goosebumps. Yeah. That's deep. So, so I check in with him and I go to church on Sundays and when I can, I go to Bible study on Tuesdays and. Um, and you're finding that's helping out that's a lot. That's helping. It's keeping you grounded. I'm talking about God. And, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I have accountability, and even though it's uncomfortable, <laughs> I have accountability. And then, I, then he's like on the phone the other day. He's like, "Look, dude, I will listen to you all day." He's like, "But you should get into therapy." And he's suggesting therapy because he did 15 years of it. Yeah. You know, and and. Uh, I've taken his advice every step yeah. of the way. He's also a plumber. <laughs> so, uh, and so, you know, and, uh, but so, what, so what did, like, what did you do? Like, so he said, all right, he, he suggested you should maybe look into therapy. Well, the, the so, first, so the, explain to our so, listeners. So the first, the first thing is, is like when I lost, when I lost Wayne, um, him and I had talked, we'd, you know, dapped up, we'd talk, whatever, but we never really like had a deep conversation and I was, I was crushed. And uh, he came to me and we're talking at church and he's like, dude, he's like, I'm going to tell you something and I don't want you to be offended by it. But he's like, where Wayne is right now, he's not going to miss you. And what he was talking about, he's like, he's at the right hand of God. He goes, there's no more pain. There's no, he's like, he is in just perfect love. And uh, I was so happy for my best friend when he said that. And it was like such comforting words. And I know that sounds like, oh man, like I was missing him, but like. I don't want him to be in a in a situation because he died in pain, I believe, yeah. and I don't want him to feel that anymore. So, so that was a, that, that, was that the in beginning. itself was that, a relief. Yeah, that for you. Yeah, it was. And really I, helped I've you held kind on, of. I've held on to that. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and uh, which just so people know, like that's kind of the promise of, you know, when we die, you know, yeah. we're believing in something bigger than like as some people would say higher power, whatever. Yeah, I mean Christians call it God, whatever. And and that's the promise yeah, that there's no pain was, and suffering in the yeah, uh, in the afterlife. Talk, Reve, so. Revelations twenty one four. Is that up. is that what? I a, yeah, but he uh, talks he's about scripture. I, I cannot word for <laughs> word, but he basically says like there's no more suffering. Yeah. No more pain. No more tears. And yeah, it's all on our end. Yeah. 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 Well, hell's here on earth, they say. But like, I'm not going to get too deep into that. Yeah. So, yeah. No. What? So I, he suggests therapy, and um, I I've tried therapy before. <laughs> So, I told you this story the other day, but I got, I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but he's a psychiatrist, doctorate from Boston University, and I get into his office, and um, he's like, I got this, we, no, he didn't say I got this, he's like 70, so he's like quiet, and I, uh, I meant it, so I'm going to get real quick to it, so he goes, I, um, I'm going to have you hold these vibrating pads. This is a psychiatrist, so I'm going to have you hold these vibrating pads, and I'm going to ask you a series of questions, 20 questions. So he asked me these 20 questions. He's like, and one of the questions was, um, uh, uh, what was 
recently a good choice that you've made. And I go, coming here. He goes, good, good. Hold on to that one. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm thinking, I just gave this guy 40 bucks, you know? So he goes, all right, I'm going to ask you 20 more questions. But it's going to be the same questions in reverse. And so he asked me these questions. I'm like, do I answer something different? Mind you, he tells me to keep my eyes closed. And these pads are going, wah, 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 wah. And uh, I'm thinking, like, I'm automatically going to sarcasm. Like, should I ask him if I could put one of these in my butt? You know, like, <laughs> thinking like, but I'm like trying to be serious. So he asked me these 20 questions. He goes, now open your eyes and now close them. And I, I close my eyes and he goes, now what do you look like? And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, pitch yourself what you might look like. So I'm like, immediately, I'm like, I got to make something up. <laughs> so I go, uh, myself right. at 45. And he goes, good, good. Hold on to that. So I'm going to ask you another. So he does it again, asks me the same 20 questions I just answered. And then he reverses them again. And then he goes, now what do you look like? I came up with, uh, I don't know what I came up with. So the third, he does it again. So 60 times I answer these same questions. And, uh, and at the end, he goes, now he's like, what do you see? And I go, I made it out. I go my three-year-old self, and he goes, "Ask your three-year-old self if if you can hug him." And I'm thinking, my three-year-old self would be like, "Look, stranger, you're a creep. I don't want to get a hug from you." And he goes, "Ask him if he wants to go to the beach with you." This <laughs> so, is getting creepier. And I'm like, dude. And so like, and I'm thinking, my three-year-old self is trying to run on sand right now and has no clue which way to go. And, uh, and then he goes, all right, open your eyes. And he goes, we're done. And I was like, oh, man, like, I am not coming back. <laughs> so <laughs> so awesome. I, I finally, I, I quit that for about three weeks. I'm like, you know what, if it's this hard to find just someone to talk to. But it's really not. Um, so I reached out to uh, Plymouth Mental Health. And, um, and I reached out. And the lady's like, you know, our office is closed. I told her that story. And I have her dying on the phone. And she goes, you know what? She's like, I'll get you signed up right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> she like, please don't send me back to that psychiatrist. <laughs> so, but <laughs> that's funny. If man. you find a psychiatrist with vibrating pads, if that's your thing, go for it. Absolutely. It did not work for me. Right. So, I have found a therapist based on what they asked, what I was going through, and the things that I've gone through. They decided what kind of therapist was best for me. And, um, well, you know, you, you go in and you can do a consultation. You go in and you do a consultation. Yeah. And let's just say, so when you looked, like, I, uh, if you have health insurance, um, you can go to your back, the back of the card. Yeah. And you have, uh, it should be on the back of your insurance card. It should say mental health, whatever. Yeah. And you can call that number. And, and some of my recommendations is uh, find a place that's close to the house um, yeah, my, that you will go mine's to. Mine's in Plymouth. And yeah. Like, yeah. And it's like... I I get home 45 minutes before therapy starts, so it, it works. You know, like I, I – everything now is based off a of schedule. I go to sleep on time. I yeah. try to sleep eight hours. I haven't really slept much in the last couple of days because of school, and then I just got home late. Yeah. But I'm usually in bed and asleep by 8.30. Sleep's I'm, huge. And I'm up at 3 a.m. Yeah, sleep's huge. But I'm up, and I'm after about 20 minutes, I'm good. Everyone's like, aren't you tired? I'm like, no, I slept eight hours. Yeah. You know, sleep is huge, and I wasn't. I was literally in the treatment field. I would get up at six a.m. and I wouldn't go to bed until midnight. Answering calls, bouncing all over. Answering the place, right? calls, and most of the calls. After a while, I would filter who I wanted to talk to and if they could benefit my life. Yeah. And it wasn't about benefiting theirs. And um, 
So as soon as you realized that, you were gone. Yeah, I was I was gone, but I held on. So at least you, at least you realized like yeah. that's, this is not and what I, I want. And I to don't do. try to knock the treatment field, but like I I haven't. <clears throat> and we're not. Let's I, just say that real quick. We're not knocking the treatment field. There's just a, there's just an experience from behind the doors that I've seen that other people haven't, but I see it played out on a large scale with the clients that go in. That it's the same story. Well, you know, I, I, I'd say, you know what? I say, I think people do see it. And you know who sees it? The family members that um, the family members that are um, trying to get their loved ones in and out. Yeah. I think they're seeing this, and they're bouncing back and forth. And that's one of the things, I think. Even the three-day rule that the state implicated on where it's like we have to hold them 72 hours. You have no clue how many people I sent to go to the emergency room. They'll, they'll take you. They'll help you. And they're getting released eight hours later. Yeah. Or they're not being seen for 12 hours in the emergency room, and then they don't want to sit there. So it's like it's not it's not happening the way it's happening. I'll tell you what's moving quicker than uh, the emergency rooms is the edibles. <laughs> you know, like those are coming out, you know, and everyone's like I, I love the argument that people have where it's like, they're stoned right in front of me, and they're like, "Dude, like, what is your issue with weed? Like, it cures cancer." I'm like, "But you don't have <laughs> it. it. Cancer. You don't have cancer. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're just wrecked." You know? like, <laughs> yeah. And I just asked my buddy the other day, who he smokes weed, right? And like, I don't, I don't knock him. I go, "What's an edible like?" And he goes, "It's like taking mushrooms. That's not like that. weed." I I know when I was smoking <clears throat> heavily laced stuff, I felt like I was staring at the back of my face. You know, I'm like, I'm like, oh man, like, I, and it's. It's so bad news, man. It's people, bad news. When, I'm sorry to say, I know people don't yeah. agree. When people but counter we're about to go it down with a bad it road cures with cancer, that. yeah, most of the people saying that don't, they don't have cancer. <laughs> they and then the they don't thing, have it. They don't have anything, the Shane. They ran out and got medical cards. Look, I know, to smoke weed. Yeah, and I know that people think, oh, everything's like a hustle and bustle, <sighs> but there are cancer treatments that cure cancer. You know, I, I've yet to see a hospital wing that smells like ganja and the doctor's coming out stoned. Yeah. You know, like, hey, we're just sitting here curing everyone up. <laughs> you know, like, so there is truth to, yes, it does cure it, but most of the people that have in that argument are just getting stoned, and they're not really looking into stuff like that. You want, look, stem cell cures a lot of stuff, Yeah. and you don't have to get high off stem cell. Look into that. Fight for that. But you know you what, know, though? I, I mean, I want to get someone on here that's an, uh, uh, an active um smoker or whatever somebody that uses regularly come make a case i mean come get stoned come get stoned on yeah. on here it's legal now you can do that i'm not yeah. getting stoned he's not getting yeah, stoned unless we'll you slip watch us you get stoned and ask weird questions um like what are the veins in the back of your face because like? you know i mean i, I think it's it's <laughs> It's, it, it's an it's an argument like what yeah. came first, and it becomes an argument. And everyone now, all these people that are like, dude, it does cure cancer. They're gonna they're gonna be like, this dude's attacking weed, and it's like, no, I'm not. I'm attacking the person that's sitting there, going, yeah, dude, it, it kills cancer. I'm like, what kind of cancer? I don't know, some kind, some form. <laughs> you know, I know it's in there killing it. Yeah, you know? if you're a medical person and, yeah. and you you're involved with this, I know you're out but there I'll because tell you right now, look, I've been look, reading. You want to smoke weed? You want to use marijuana? Great. But why don't you fight for the person that's not yet 24 and their brain's not fully developed? Yeah. Where it affects frontal lobe. It affects decision-making. And you can ask long-term weed smokers, why do you smoke weed? Because I don't feel the same anymore. It does affect it. Yeah. And if you want to smoke weed past 24, go ahead. 
But why don't you encourage your kid that's still their brain's still developing at twenty four? Well, you know, I mean, sh- sh- we kind of we kind of went off topic uh, onto the weed. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's something we're definitely addressing I in twenty eighteen. Weed or eating edibles. Um, you know, the the age is twenty one. Yeah. The, the legal age to smoke marijuana is twenty one, and your brain doesn't fully develop until the age of twenty four. Yeah, and in the scientific. Um, information out there that shows that it really does have an effect and you know you weren't here um in december but we got dr ruth pote i know and she you got to listen to that because one of the reasons i wanted her on was because she does talk about the undeveloped mind and the effects that it has and uh, it was a very very interesting podcast and and again Guys, if you want to smoke marijuana, eat marijuana, drink marijuana, stick a marijuana suppository up your rectum, <laughs> go right ahead. As a matter of fact, I, don't, I might want to see that one. Yeah, uh, but it, they make them, and yeah. they're there. And uh, if you want to get high, you get high. I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is how it's going to affect our generation. And, um, and that, um, this younger generation that's coming up, and you will never convince me otherwise that it's it's not going to affect them. It is. It already is. I, I already um, know um, that I, I got some information from a kid hey, down the, in this area. The who, edibles are more powerful than the weed that I was smoking even 15 years they ago. They make shadow wax. They, they're, yeah. they're, uh, as one kid told me, a 17-year-old, they're extracting the juices. Oh, and here's the thing, too, is the, there's, you know, the 17-year-old's getting lit on on dabs and and edibles they're not doing it because they have cancer yeah <laughs> they don't even care about the the medical reason <laughs> everyone's like but dude it's medicinal for what like yeah. answer what medical problem have you been diagnosed with where we if you if you have it fine but 98 percent of the people <laughs> with that argument have no they, they they didn't go into a doctor like they're like yeah it's medicinal where'd you get it oh my boy well, then it's not your medicine to be taken. Yeah. You know, I look, Oxycontin is medicinal, but if I'm going in your cabinet, I'm not taking it for medical reasons. Okay. So it's like there has to be limits, but there's not. And then the argument is is it's either one side is attacking. The, there is like no middle ground. And yes. there's, you know, everyone ignores the medical facts. Yes, it has health, health proponents, but at the same time, it has very damaging adverse Absolutely. And you know what? And we're going to get into that. We are going to talk about that. Our guest on uh, March 14th, his name is Olin Givens. And Olin Givens was a marijuana smoker from the age, like a teenager all the way up until his 40s. And uh, very, very creative musically. Um, He's just a very creative person. And I know his sister, Laurie. And um, we used to have conversations um, and... You know, he he would say, like, oh, no, the weed helps me be more creative. It opens my mind. And then for whatever reason, he'll tell us when he comes on, um, he quit. And um, <laughs> he said it was all bull. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> I was literally in a fog. Mm-hmm. Is, is, I, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but, I, I mean, he'll, he'll come on and he'll tell us. But, I, I, I mean, on that episode, I am going to cover some uh, things about marijuana because I have a um, – I printed it up today. It's uh, from the Mayo Clinic. Yeah. It is um, um, the the medical benefits of marijuana. And there are medical benefits. We're not knocking that. Um, but there's also, as you said, the adverse effects. Well, listen, like everyone's other argument is, well, it comes from the earth. Opium does too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like there has to be limits. Yeah, but marijuana is 
so less more dangerous than alcohol. Alcohol comes from hops. <laughs> yeah. So hops come from the earth. Like, yeah. but it doesn't mean that it's good in massive quantities. And most of these people that are having these arguments <coughs> with me, they're getting stoned every day. Like, if you were like, oh, I, I smoke it here. My mother has rheumatoid arthritis, and she she was smoking it for a while. And she was telling me that it was working. And then after a while, she was like, look, it doesn't really do anything for the, the pain. Like rheumatoid arthritis, I think, is like holes in your bones. You know, yeah. she's in pain all the time. And she goes, I don't think it really kills the pain, Shane. She's like, I just think it helps relax me from being so tense from the pain. And it probably but, does. Yeah, but it's not, it's not truly a painkiller. There's, you know, it, it might relax her. Yeah. So this can heal her body. And you know, I, I maybe I would just say, like, you know, as as you know, as we legalized it, um, and now the doors are open, and and obviously there's more products coming out, m- mainly to get high, but I do suspect with everything, good and bad, just like there's good and bad recovery programs, and yeah, um, this would be the same thing with the marijuana, is that something um, good will come from it, medical wise, yeah, and and and, and, they, and it will open up re- more research. And, and as so, far as the the treatment field, if if your five-star treat and I, I do this, if your five-star <laughs> treatment program offers, like, horseback riding therapy, you should probably look into something different. Yeah. Trust me, like, there are so many, like, enticement programs, and, and I'm, I'm telling you firsthand, like, I have, I had my hand in a lot of the cookie pot, and everyone's like, oh, good, not me. Like, <laughs> your most favorite person that you can think of that it's working in the treatment field is most likely put their hand in the cookie jar. People that trash other people in the treatment field but then take selfies and put them on Facebook yeah. in a private jet. You know, like, they're, they're, <coughs> so so you're, you're flying around your treatment center in your private helicopter while your employees are making $12 an hour. So it's like, what is the real message that you're giving out now? Yeah. You know, and what is the real message that you're giving to your clients? Because... You're driving in that private jet. You're flying in that private jet off of my son's insurance, off of his son's insurance, yeah. off of someone's daughter's insurance. You know, so it's like there. It, it, to me, it's the wrong field to make money off of. Well, I, again, but listen, this is human nature, and in money is money's it, man. Like people are motivated by money, the greed, and you know it. Once it gets a hold of you, it gets a hold of you, and that's why, like in the country. I mean, there's just people with obscene amounts of money that could just do so much uh, for this world. But let's uh, let's wrap this up. We've been going probably almost close yeah, to 50 minutes, we I think. In. And um, obviously, you know, this is one of the reasons that we want this podcast, Shane, is because uh, we want um, we want families, anybody that's um, that's struggling, um, going into these recovery houses to begin to ask the right questions, things to look for. And so if we want you guys, if you have that recovery house, come on in. Let's um, let's get you in here. Let's talk about it. Let's educate people. That's what we want to do. I mean, we really, really want to educate families and so they can make those right decisions for their loved ones because we don't want to lose anybody. And, and just a couple of, um, I mentioned this last night at the Holbrook Cares meeting, 66,000 people we lost in 2017 to ODs. I'm going to say that a lot this year because I really, really want to know. 59,000 people were lost, I think, during the Vietnam War. 58. 58,000. Yeah. 58,000. 
And um, is when we we did this uh, podcast uh, a few weeks back, uh, and Mike uh, O'Sullivan was here, and I know Mike's watching. Um, you know, I had Mike read how many seats are in Gillette Stadium. So why don't you read that, Shane? We lost sixty six thousand and twenty. Sixty six thousand lost to OTs. Gillette Stadium holds sixty six thousand two hundred eighty six seats. In a ten year span. 2006 to 2016, two pharmacies in a town of 3,000 people in West Virginia received 20,827,260 prescription pain pills. That's uh, I mean, wow. Is that crazy? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of oh, a lot we just of got dirt. reconnected. So, but um, so um, we'll just wait for it to come back up and we'll close out. I, I if people are listening, you might uh, want to just hit the finish then. <coughs> No, no, because um, I think it still it still runs. But um, if you're listening, um, so today today was a special uh, podcast because uh, Shane's kind of back on track. Um, like I was telling you, uh, Michael Sullivan lives in the town. He was great. He enjoyed it. We're gonna have him um, come in and out. Um, and um, and actually, I think Mike, if you're uh, if you're listening, if you're watching, I, I kind of penciled you in on March 28th to come in so we could talk about the problem gambling. That's another thing that we wanted to kind of address. Oh. Um, and I, uh, Mike is from the Granite Mountain Behavioral Health Center. Um, and uh, so yeah, just a couple of quick dates. So next week, I don't know if you're able to come next week. Uh, Wednesday. Yes. So we have Amber Smith, and Amber's going to come in, and Amber's going to talk about um, what it was like for her being in a family of people struggling with substance use disorder. Um, she lost her father to it, um, but her mother, I think, has nine to ten years in recovery. Her brother is currently struggling. Uh, I listened to her speak, and I thought, you know what? I really want her to come in and put a human side to it because how many times do you run into people and they're like, I, these pieces of shit, yeah. they should die. I mean, yeah. and and listen, and I and I'm not, I get it, and I understand, but I want people to remember that this is these are these are human beings. These are like family members. These are people that we love. I mean, it's not like. It's you know I mean yeah you do things to to feed your addiction, and and it's obviously you know uh, but there's still a human being there and yeah. and so Amber's coming in to talk about that kind of maybe put like a real more human um, perspective um, on it and then um, Monday twenty March I mean fe- uh, Monday the twenty sixth we're doing a special I can't I have that's fine. Uh, but so I have the Addictionary Podcast. Have you heard of them? No. no. It's uh, Megan and Bobby. They were a father and daughter team. Um, I was uh, MCing a film um, show in, in South End, and I mentioned our podcast, and they came up, and uh, they're going to come in and, and tell us about their podcast and how they got to where they were. It's a father and uh, daughter in recovery. If listen to them, it's very entertaining. Um and uh, and then on the twenty eighth, we're going to bring in Corey Finney, and he's going to talk about uh, Hi, what Corey. he does. And yep, Corey was at the Hobart Cares Coalition last night. March fourteenth, we have Olin Givens coming in, and he's going to talk about marijuana. These are all Wednesday afternoon, four fifteen ish, depending on what time we roll in from work. And then April going into um, May and June. If you guys have know somebody that you think would. We'd like to, to uh, get a, a firefighter or a police officer on on the show <coughs> to talk about um, 
what they're seeing now uh, with the drugs coming in, with the drugs going out. Also, the amount of overdose calls that they're answering daily. Yeah, we can get that, I, I know. Yeah, so that would be awesome to have someone in there like that. So how would they message us, Shane? Uh, you, you'd have to... Uh, they have to go to the I'm Rock Bottom fa- to Recovery yeah, go, Facebook go, page? Yeah, go to Rock Bottom Recovery Facebook page. I'm not on Facebook. Uh, that was another thing. I had to let go of some of the social media. I'm on Instagram, but like hardly... I just put pictures up. Yeah, um, that's and, all uh, well and good. Yeah, so I, I, I let go of the social media thing, and, and I'm just getting myself back, yeah. and I'm getting my freedom. And um, Well, you look good. I mean, it's, we're glad thanks. to have you back and uh, look forward to moving forward with this podcast, building it, and really yeah. getting, uh, getting the word out there. And uh, So, guys, if, uh, if you're just tuning in, you can go back. You can watch the podcast. You'll be able to see it. Um, it's actually going to be on my, my um, profile page, and then I'm going to share it to the Rock Bottom to Root. Re- Recovery podcast. We're going to be up on YouTube. Um, we actually we don't just film from the phone. We actually film from a real life camera, um, good quality. Uh, but more importantly, if you just tuning in, go back to the very beginning and watch the movie clip Shane, uh, which you were named after, right? Yes, I was named. I'm not. I'm not Irish. I have a. My name is Shane Patrick Johnson. I'm. A, I'm actually Russian and Lithuanian. And, yeah. um, and English on my, my grandmother's side. But my father loved the name, and it came from the movie. And growing up, everyone's like, Shane, Shane, come back. I'm like, never <laughs> Shane, seen it. come back. So never when he came it. back, I immediately but grabbed I, that clip. i using that, using that Irish card, like on a lot of construction jobs. They're like, oh, you're a good old Irish kid. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I am. And then they're walking away, not. <laughs> hey. <laughs> no, I am not Irish. But... I played it off, blonde hair, blue eyes, and you I got, got it, the man. jobs that I, I you got it. sometimes you got right the in. jobs I wanted. Yeah, it works. Um, but so, they also considered the fact that me being Irish, they're like, well, we can work them twice as hard. <laughs> oh, you know what? I almost forgot. One other thing, guys. Um, so we're going to be starting up an alpha course um, this month, and it's going to be at Stoughton. I'm not starting it up. Uh, Stoughton's starting it up. And it's at the St. James Church. It's uh, Tuesday, February 20th at 6.30. Probably runs 6.30 to 8.15. Uh, but that night, February 20th, 6.30, Tuesday, um, it's a basic course in Christianity. It's, it's, it's worldwide. It's worldwide. And what we started to do was it's not re- church. It's not religion, even though it is in the church. But it's just a course. And just uh, another um, opportunity, resource, um, to put a name to your higher power, uh, which we know is very big in recovery. And so um, 6.30, Tuesday, February 20th, um, Alpha Course, St. James Church. Um, I'll post it on to the Rock Bottom to Recovery page. You can come in, see what it's all about. If you like it, come back the following week. If you don't, don't come back. Um, uh, but again, if you're in recovery, I'm like, for me, I'm like, take any and every opportunity to to um, get yourself back on track or whatever. It's a phenomenal course. Millions of people have taken it. It's it's again, it's just it's a course. You come in, you watch a video, eat dinner. They serve dinner. It's free. Eat dinner, watch a video, have a discussion. That's it. If you want to talk, definitely worth uh, taking the time out and checking it out and seeing if it's for you. Other than that, do you have anything else to say? Uh, welcome back, Josh McDaniels. Welcome back, yeah, Josh McDaniels. Oh wait, I got to make one more movie reference uh, to uh, Shane. And so as I was like, coming in, I was like, he left, man. Like he took off. He was gone. <laughs> I didn't know where he was. I thought you might have been up in the mountains, and then I'm, I thought of Jeremiah Johnson. 
Who's that? Uh, it's a movie you have to watch with Robert Redford. He literally up in the mountains. Jeremiah yeah, Rob, Johnson. I'm so not, I was like, Shane did a Jeremiah Johnson. I don't know if Robert Redford's actually human because he doesn't age. Yeah. No, yeah. he does. But he, he uh, does So age. that's just a quick little movie yeah. reference. All right, but cool. Guys, Rock Bottom to Recovery. Uh, this is... Um, what podcast, what number was this? Episode five? I Season don't know. two, yeah. Season two, episode yes. five. Uh, we're signing off. Every other Wednesday, we'll be back next Wednesday uh, with Amber Smith. So tune in and uh, listen to Amber's story. I think it's going to be pretty good, and you'll really enjoy it. And we have some other um, big people coming in. So uh, like us, follow us, invite, spread the word. Rock Bottom to Recovery podcast. Thank you very much, guys. Peace Thank out. You. Be safe. We love you.